0: time. And I'm going to share with you, over the next coming months and weeks, we have prepared a resource to continue building the idea of strong families. Amen? So while I was praying and asking God what am I to share today, um, this is what came up. Get ready for your inheritance. Abraham was a man who had a wife who, who couldn't get... Pregnant, and he had stuff. And for some of us you say, yeah, give me the stuff, leave the children out. But Abraham asked a question that was a generational question. He asked, God, what are you going to bless me with seeing I have no heir? And that's the value and the power of the child. I walked yesterday with my children in the town center in Hitchin. And everything we, I told him, stop for a second and realize that everything you see has been created by a person. It did not exist. The clothes you're wearing, the buildings we walk in, some things we take for granted. But they all came from imagination. Someone's mind. That someone was someone's child. Both good and evil comes from our hearts. But here we have an opportunity to build strong families. So, through my prayer, the Lord gave me the word of meekness. Uh, But before we look at the meekness, uh, there's two scriptures that I would want you to continuously remember. I use them to pray for my family. Um, And it's Proverbs 24, 3-4. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. So, we can see that the spirit of the Lord is necessary if we are going to build strong families. Can we have a look at the next scripture? Psalms 127, 1-2, that unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. And what a time is this to be a representation of the scripture. That someone comes to you and says, ah, don't tell me about God, just tell me what you do to make your family stand. And say, you just said it. If you don't want to hear about my God, the rest doesn't matter. Because I can't do it by myself. I couldn't do it by myself. Right? So if, a, if the Lord does not build a family, uh, and unless the Lord watches over the city, the gods stand watch in vain. So it doesn't matter how much we equip our children, the gadgets we buy them, the antivirus software, unless the Lord is with us. It's all in vain. There's always going to be something somewhere else happening. And my prayer is that as we walk this journey together as home church, other families will look and see, yes, we don't necessarily like the fact that, they, you know, they're all Jesus freaks, but they have something we don't have. And it's better to humble ourselves to go and learn, amen? Because it's in our mind Zion that others will come to worship. We are the model God is looking for. And finally, the scripture that God gave, gave me, yes, go to the next one. Is Matthew 5 5 That blessed are the meek. So I started looking at the word meek. In the amplified Bible, it says, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure, worthy of respect. That's the blessed. And then are the gentle. So meekness, gentle in heart, kind hearted, sweet spirited, self controlled, because they will inherit the earth. So Here we have seen the display. Every single family with something unique. But one thing was common throughout. There were smiles. There was that oneness of spirit. That acknowledging that, yes, we are different, and we know that, but there is love. Amen? And that's what we want to see families growing strong. Gym is good, but spiritual gym is far much more powerful. Amen? So I was looking at the word meek, and I thought, I wonder what, you know, People talk about meekness. So while I was searching, it says, well, these are, how many accountants do we have in the house? Anyone to do with accounts? Okay, it's a good number. Someone is pretending not to be an accountant over on my right, Mr. Pitan. <clears throat> he doesn't know numbers. So this might make sense to you. He says, if the meek inherit the earth, imagine the capital gains tax. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? But they already own the earth, so they don't have to be taxed, right? I guess the guy forgot that. He says, what if the meek don't want it? Hmm. But it's an inheritance. An inheritance is yours. Do what you will with it. And then the other one, the meek are going to inherit the earth. If the meek are going to inherit the earth, they're going to have to toughen up. That's the worldly view. meekness, Because unfortunately, meekness is interpreted as weakness. But Jesus said he came as a lamb. But you ask the Pharisees of the days and they hated him to the point of putting him on the cross. Now, that's not a weak person. A weak person does not get an entire organization of rabbis and chief rabbis turning up and ganging up against him. But yet, he was meek. So meekness is not weakness. And finally... It's possible, I suppose, another person says, but not before the strong have stripped it of everything worth having, of course. The only fact they do not remember is that even the strong will be part of the earth. And they will be inherited by the meek. So then, I suppose there is an inheritance that those of us who believe and are looking up to Christ, there is a promise. There is a promise of an inheritance. And one of it is peace peace that goes beyond every understanding and it may not be peace for you for me because i feel peaceful but i may not be here 50 years from today i would want an assurance that my children's children will know the prince of peace amen regardless of what will be happening on the earth in that time so if i can then lay the foundations of a strong family i leave an inheritance for my children's children so the blessed. The context goes in to talk about the inward peace and the security, the worthiness of respect and spiritual fortune, and the and the divinely favoured. That's the blessed person. It's the self, uh, the selfie, the significance of the blessing upon the ones who are called to follow Christ. Now it's very interesting because Christianity, in my view. The Christian God is the only one who invites you in, gives you another name that nobody else knows apart from you and him, listens to you in your language, talks to you in your language, walks with it in and with you through your thicks and your thins. Yes. When you beat yourself up, he comes and says, are you done? All right. Come on then. Let's keep going. Like, I'm not worth it. I know. But that's not why I came. I didn't come because I thought you, you know, you didn't tell me. Of your worth. I know your worth. I know your worth. You may not see it. It wasn't in your dad. It wasn't in your mom. It is in what I put in you. And that's what I'm here for. And I want you to be a model. Of the next person who thinks they're worth all this. And the other one who thinks it's worth nothing. To realize it's not the stuff that we have. Sometimes it's not even what we think we are. But of who we are, amen? Meekness. As I said, it's normally misunderstood for weakness. Someone takes a meek because they think you can't fight back. I love what the apostle told us. He said we are terrorists of peace. (laughs) Amen? Because peace is quite confusing when you find confusion. In the midst of confusion, you just seem to be calm and composed. And people are thinking, what's wrong with this guy? He's just pretending. He's a Christian. It's not about being a Christian. He's just pretending to be strong. But you know that the one who dwells in you, he says, I have given you peace that surpasses all understanding. And then by the time you realize, the guy who was saying you're pretending is coming behind the scenes like Nicodemus to say, Oi, what's your secret? Could you pray for me even though I don't believe? And that happens. Amen? So the inheritance of the earth, yes, it's good to have a thing. And yes, the teachers of the past, teaching of Christianity, they taught us that, you know, forget about everything on the earth. Just put everything into the future. Because that's where everything is. Everything is once you die. The earth is going to pass away and everything in it. So don't worry about your money. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Everything is in the future. But that's not what Christ tells us. In the book of Mark 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 30, he said, whosoever forsakes anything on this earth, his family, his wealth, shall inherit here on earth a hundredfold, families and houses and businesses and whatever it is they forsook. And after eternal life. Amen? And that's the kind of God we are serving. He is yesterday's God. He is the God of today. And he's the God of tomorrow. He will give me my daily bread. He will give me the peace I need today. So I don't have to pray, God, I thank you that tomorrow you'll give me peace. So today I'm just going to take some (laughs) painkillers. Right? He's not going to heal me tomorrow. Yes, he will when tomorrow comes with its evil. But he's also the God of now. So he's not the God of my family when they are grown and gone. No. He's the God of my family now. I don't have to have seen it in my parents. Thank God for you, Lord, for mums like you, who have laid the foundation. But what of those who have not? We then become the key persons of interest. Because other families are looking at you. They're thinking, he's different. where he's going through the same challenges. But yet, he's able to go through it. Loneliness has become almost a thing that people don't like to talk about. But I don't think it would be right to say we are a family and yet we are lonely. So in a way then, can we say loneliness is a kind of pride? Because I don't think anybody will care enough. I don't think anybody knows enough. I don't really want to trouble anybody with my problems. So it's better because I'm valueless. Let me just die alone. No. The Bible says, the Lord says, bring all your cares and your worries. Amen? He says, come now, let us reason together. And if your sins are red as a scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. He's calling for communion. He's calling for conversation. So regardless of where the nations are going, to hell in a handbasket, we have a responsibility to fulfill. We need to say no. We don't have to go down that road. We can go another way. And if you're not going to follow us, I'm going to declare like Joshua, me and my house. If you're not going to follow me, that's okay. But me and my house, I am going to follow the Lord no matter what. So if it's me and my house and you and your house, then together we are a nation. Amen? We are a nation. You bring your small business and I bring my small business. And together now we are conglomerate. You bring your little tithe and I bring my little tithe and we have a bank. You bring your little food and I bring my little food and we have a food bank. How is that an alternation? You bring your skills, and I bring my skills. And together, we are a team. We are an economy. So it's just to encourage you that as we go through next year, I have, we have four seasons normally. You know, summer sometimes kind of gets confused. If we go to the next, um, yeah, so we have four seasons. So between now and the end of the year, we are going to be going through decluttering. Now, it's letting go of the old, but through this season, I want you to think, towards the end of this year, we want to prepare and plan to send a parcel for the children that we sponsor in Uganda. Amen? So, as you go through your stuff, some of the old, I want you to collect some of the good things for the children, for the adults, because they need, they are in much their need that we are. We package these things together. We are going to send them over through World Vision to Pejule, to the village. And I believe in us decluttering, we will be a blessing to someone else. Amen? And normally, what happens when you give? What does the Lord say when you release? What happens? You will receive. So that's kind of in time. And you could use this uh, season to declutter the weight too. You know what I mean? You can get rid of the weight that you don't need. Because guess what happens? That new suit you, you bought... It doesn't fit you. It becomes a blessing to someone else because you're slimmer, isn't it, ladies? They're not saying yes, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Um, and then January to March, um, we will we, we'll agree with the dates with, with with the apostle, and then we're going to be sharing this. Is there is the time to sort of formulate visions among families, right? So get together as a family and put together a vision, a picture. Three generations down, what does your family look like? What have you left behind? Abraham has left a mark on the earth. David left a mark on the earth. A thousand years from today, will your mark still be felt? So we can, we're going to be doing an exercise around there. Then um, around April to June, we have a big church day out. We will organize that together again as a family. We want to potentially take a bit more people. Uh, maybe three, four, five, or seven, six coaches, you know, God willing, maybe go for more than a day, you know? And uh, just make it something unique and continue to build around the knowingness, us knowing one another as a family, amen? Um, and then to, during the summertime, um, yes, there's one that was, during the summer, towards the end of the close of next year, we're going to do a, a home in the park, right? Home in the park, where every family will cook, maybe. Um, I'm not really good at cook, so I might bring McDonald's. Um, that's my son. Right. Um, so we'll get together. We'll do some sports. We have Nick here. He's very good in sports. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll have some fun as a family as we break off for, for summer. Amen? Now, in between now and then, on a monthly basis, there's going to be a resource A Zoom call once a month targeted towards the 12 principles found throughout the Bible. Um, Nothing short of, I'm going to, because I can't see that very well. Um, And it's around, so worship in January. We're going to be talking about worship. How do you do worship? Not just in the stage, but as a a person in, in your family. Getting children involved in that element of worship. Fasting in February, Why is, what, is it, what is the value of fasting? Yes, medically we know it helps, but what does it do to you and your spirit? And what does the Bible tell us the value of fasting? We're going to look at confession, amen, around March. April, we'll talk about prayer. In May, fellowship. In June, we're going to talk about generosity. July, service. August, rest, September. We're going to talk the value of study. Disciple making in October, chastity in November, and by God's grace, celebration in December. So if we think of it, if we start off in October, in um, in October, which is going to be our first our first um, Zoom call, we're going to be talking about discipleship, disciple making, right? And if you've been listening to God's message, especially on Wednesdays. It's all around you focusing on what God has made you, called you to be, letting that shine, and that then creates an element of attraction to those around you. And as they come, you don't make them your disciples, you introduce them to Christ. And then they become your fellow brothers and sisters as far as fellowship is concerned. And then in November, we'll talk about chastity, and in December, we talk about celebration. So I, I suppose in the next few weeks, gather together as families. We are going, I'm going to get in touch with the specific dates as far as sending things to Pejula is concerned. And let us make a Christmas in Uganda like they've never had before. And let us also make our homes ready for the what the Lord is going to release for us next time. If I can have the worship team up um, and they can close us. Out in the meantime, let us please be on our feet. We didn't talk about giving earlier today. Uh, but um, if you came with an offering or you have an offering ready, don't take it home. We've be more than happy to receive it. Let us pray as the, as the worship team gets ready. Father, we say thank you for an opportunity as this to come together as your people called as your uh, as, as a sheep because you're a good shepherd. We thank you that you have given us a place we can sit together and table together and eat together and share together, cry together and laugh together, Lord, that you have not left us alone and you have told us to bear one another's burden. And we thank you that as we move towards the new beginning, as we move towards this new season, we are thanking you for what you have done for us. We are thanking you for the blessings. We are thanking you even as our children go back to school. We declare a season of prosperity, a season of peace, a season of understanding in Jesus' name. Amen.